Greetings, and welcome to the 80 Level Roundtable Podcast. In each episode, host Kirill Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast. Thank you guys for joining and kind, kind of sharing your time with us today and uh, talking a little bit about the project that you've been working on. So before we start, can we do like a little intro so you could introduce yourself, introduce your company and explain what you guys are doing? Sure. Uh, may, may, may I start? So uh, my name is uh, Stéphane. I, uh, I'm one of the co-founder of uh, Capsule Studio. Uh, so Capsule is a, is a young animation studio uh, we created uh, five years ago now. And um, we are especially specializing in a short animation project for video games like um, marketing trailers and uh, game cinematics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm Lewis, I'm the facial capture supervisor at DI4D. Um, DI4D specializes in um, sort of high-end facial performance capture, um, I suppose more specifically digital doubles, um, mostly for computer games and films. Mm-hmm. So let's start talking about the project itself. So it's, it's a trailer for Fire uh, Simulator 22. It's a uh, and we'll put it like in the video recording on YouTube so people could have a look and assess it. But overall, it's a very nice, very high level. I, I think like the first time we saw it, it was like a um, like a triple A kind of trailer for like a very uh, kind of seems like a niche game. But I guess that was like the intention. So um, and it features a lot of humans. So it's a few, it features a lot of CGI characters, which were basically digital doubles, as you said. So can you explain like what were the main goals of the trailer? What were like the technical uh, difficulties that you faced when you kind of talked with the client and figured out that's the direction where you want to go? Yeah, so so the clients for us and who ask for the projects is uh, is giants, uh, the developers behind Farming Simulator. And so they were looking for a new marketing trainer to announce the new version of the game and uh, which was quite cool actually because uh, we have a lot of freedom about the script and what uh, we wanted mm-hmm. to do in the trailer. I mean, the, the main mm-hmm. objective they had was to really convey the emotion behind uh, the patient of farming. So, so it it applies mm-hmm. to the gamer of the game, but also to the to the real farmer. So it was a kind of our narrative thread to develop the script and obviously if you are looking to talk about emotion uh, you are going to rely a lot on characters so that what we have done we, we have created a story that revolve around these two main characters you have a, um, a f- two farmer one, one is an older one and it actually it's the father and one is a younger one and she is a daughter so with these two characters, we need to convey emotion. There is also a lot of talking, and uh, that's what leads us to think about digital doubles and also to think about what 
is the best solutions to capture real talent performance. So you've kind of ended up with using DI4D's uh, equipment and tech and so on. So can you explain why did you make this choice? And uh, then maybe Luis kind of can talk a little bit about how the tools were used in this project. <clears throat> I think when 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 the script when the script was greenlighted so obviously we put it in a lot of challenging sequence because of the emotion that needs to be subtle because of the talking and and uh, the goal of the project was to be realistic as much as possible farming simulator mm -hmm. is 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 a simulation game so obviously the trailer need to look as real as possible so Starting from here, we, we, we try to seek, uh, we, we, we look for the best solutions and, uh, and uh, quickly uh, DI4D and, uh, and uh, came as probably one of the best because of the past work and uh, the technologies that we're using. And we were in a context where we have the, the, the digital character's face will going to be exactly the same that the talent who are going to perform during motion capture. So it was like the best case scenario to use the I4D uh, technology and services. Because, I mean, because they have a lot of skills and Lewis is going to explain. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great project for us. It, as you say, it was digital doubles really kind of focusing on the performance. Um, and that's, I suppose, what, what we think we do best. Um, so it was a, a kind of HMC project. So we used our head-mounted camera systems. Um, uh -huh. Obviously, COVID made um, travel pretty difficult. So we weren't able to come and supervise the, the actual capture session ourselves. Um, so we, we'd previously worked with a company called Mocap Lab in Paris, or a, a motion capture studio. And we provided them with some sort of online training um, and using our head-mounted camera system. So, you know, we did the same thing again for, for this capsule project. We sent our HMC to MoCap Lab, and they were sort of in charge of capturing all of that data. So t t tell us a little bit, uh, to, because maybe listeners are not really aware of uh, DI4D's kind of offering and uh, the stuff that you're doing, because um, I think they saw a lot of times where the technology was used, but it would be nice if you kind of explain where was it used, because I know it was like in Death, Love and Robots and a lot of other places where like a lot of uh, very fleshy, like uh, human digital, digital humans, right? But if you could give us a little bit of examples and explain what does your product um, include? Like, is there the hardware systems like for capturing animation? Is there also like the software? And also maybe you can talk a little bit about how it works so people would, you know, be aware. Sure, yeah. Um, I suppose we are a service provider. So uh, a client will get in touch with us and, um, you know, they'll be looking for some high quality facial um, animation. Um, and we provide basically the kind of full pipeline from capture the, the actual acquisition of the data right through to the delivery of the animation itself. Um, we've got, I suppose, three different sort of pipelines that we use to deliver that data. 
The first uh, involved using what we call our pro camera system. And that's a kind of more traditional sort of seated booth, which, you know, you've maybe seen before. Um, a, an actor or actress sits in front of an array of cameras and we capture um, their performance like that. Um, that has yeah. its benefits. Um, we're able to capture um, with higher resolution cameras and we're able to capture more of the face just because of the nature of the, the sort of hardware itself. Um, but mm-hmm. there's, there's no kind of freedom of movement there. Um, so for the, the farming simulator project, we use our head-mounted camera system. Um, so that's two machine vision cameras on a helmet. Um, and given that it's just those two cameras, the coverage isn't quite as good as our pro system, but what it does allow for is the freedom of movement. So the actor or actress can interact with other members of the cast and um, we can capture uh, body motion capture at the same time and audio and that sort of freedom allows for all of those things to be synchronised really nicely and, and sort of adds to that um, the, the realism of the, the, the final product. Um, and then we've got a, a fairly new pipeline which is called Pure 4D and that sort of marries the, the best of both worlds there. We use the head-mounted camera system to drive data that we've captured with our pro system. So we get the freedom of movement and also the high resolution and the, high, the sort of high fidelity. Um, typically, that, that sort of makes more sense for a larger scale projects. So for this farming simulator one, um, you know, it, it was fairly small. I think we delivered about 75 seconds of facial animation. Um, so the head-mounted camera system, along with... Um, mocap lab capturing the, the, the body motion capture um, you know, seem to be the, the, the ideal solution. So okay. for us, as, as it was one, one of our biggest and first project involving both body motion capture and social uh, motion capture, um, it was more convenient to have a system that allow us to do everything at the same time so you are mm-hmm. the motion capture uh, studio and you are recording the body the face and also the voice so everything is synchronized and and it's not i mean you you are not adding complicated step to resynchronize everything later because at one time you made the body then you made the facial etc so it was it was quite the most convenient solution, and as Lewis said, uh, it was during uh, our time of COVID. So uh, anyway, we were not able to to travel so easily. Um, so how did the actors like um, using this kind of uh, equipment? Uh, of course, it's not. It's a bit strange to have a camera with uh, in front of your eyes. Uh, actually, one one of the two actors, uh, the male one, uh, which is Dominic, uh, he had a lot of experience in motion capture. He, he worked for many uh-huh. video games, so for for it was quite okay for him. I mean, it was used to that. Uh, for Anaïs, which is playing the the woman. Uh, it was a first motion capture job, so I think I guess everything looked like science fiction for her. But you know, th- there is a HMC helmet, but you are also putting a motion capture uh, bodysuit. So there's trackers everywhere, dots and everything, and camera in front of your face and so on. A, a big empty room with people looking at you, so it's a bit strange anyway. But 
but actually it was quite okay i mean the, the content of the trailer do, don't imply very dynamic actions so mm-hmm. it was not like the hmc helmet could disturb the the actors and we like to to brief them as much as possible before before the shooting about uh, why we are using that and what is the purpose of each gear so that they understand all the process. Uh, we, we try also to find some time to, to find the good setup for everything on them and so they feel comfortable and they can focus on their performance. So honestly, it was not really not an issue. So uh, can you kind of describe the, the, the flow from start to finish? Because one of the goals that we are trying to educate people about uh, new tools and how they can streamline the production, you know, make it easier and faster and so on. So if you could kind of explain like what were like the main steps of how you went through this journey of, you know, capturing the animations, you know, cleaning them up, integrating them into the game and so on. So um, from receiving the brief to from the client to the final delivery, I think the project took about five months to produce. Uh, so initially you have a pre-production stage, which is very important. So we are writing the script, uh, then we are making a storyboard uh, to have everything clear with everybody. Um, but when the when this stage is completed, the first task the first task for us uh, was to cast uh, the talents uh, because the real human uh, we're going to drive the character the character creation because we we're going to scan the face and they are also going to drive the animation uh, because we are going to capture the performance. So it was the the, the first main task was really to find uh, the two good actors uh, and then. <laughs> Well, generally speaking, I think you can say that we have like five main teams that work across a project. Uh, you have the pre-visualization team, which is in charge of setting the staging of the trailer. So based on the storyboard and the motion capture data, they create the first iteration uh, of all the shots and the editing and they lock all the camera moves. So we have a kind of uh, golden storyboard which is in, tra- in 3D. Everything is very rough at this moment because we we are not using the final characters or the final environment and it's mm-hmm. rough data from the motion capture but at least you have, I mean you have all your shots, you have all your trailer mm-hmm. and you know if it's working or not regarding the, uh, the staging of the trailer and the intentions. Um, so it's one of the biggest part actually and and then you have uh, also the character team uh, that will create the final digital version of every characters and make them possible to move uh, you have the animation team uh, which is in charge of everything about motion so you know even if you are um, capturing the performance uh, of real actors there is a lot and a lot of works and Lewis know about that uh, to polish, correct and clean everything so so and also there is some stuff that you need to do in keyframe animation because it doesn't exist. For example during the, our motion capture session we are not recording the everything about the ends uh, so that's mm-hmm. something that needs to be done. And when you're combining, like, sorry, when you're combining keyframe and the capture, uh, how do you make sure that it's all kind of like organic and uh, 
that it, there is like no disconnect or no no uncanny valley. That that's uh, that's the talent of the artist we are working with, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Mm -hmm. But you know, from uh, when we we are looking to the previs, we see the raw motion capture data, so we try to identify what needs to be corrected. Sometimes it's very obvious, and sometimes it's much more subtle and and. Sometimes you also want to escape from the motion capture data because you want to exaggerate something or reduce something that looks like an error, even if it's real, but it doesn't look good, uh, you know, through your camera mm -hmm. angle or something like that. So, so yeah, th there is a there is a lot of uh, work and a lot of talent behind the animation, even when it when it's drive a lot uh, by the, the performance capture. Um, Besides that, there is the effect team effect team so they are taking care of every visual effect so it could be closed simulation uh, smoke particles uh, anything and we have a we have a bunch of that in in the farming simulator trailer and uh, and finally you have the environment and, and lighting team so they are basically creating every settings you are seeing uh, they are lighting everything rendering the shots and making the, the final color grading of, uh, of the whole trailer so uh, I'm simplifying a lot, but... And uh, what, kind of, um, like what kind of tech were you using for the trailer itself? Uh, did you assemble it in like a real-time engine or did you use something like, I don't know, like Viri or Redshift? Or how like, was the final product rendered and assembled? No, the, the trailer is uh, pre-calculated. So mm -hmm. we are not using a, a real-time engine. Uh, at Capsule, we are using 3ds Max as main 3D software, uh, mm -hmm. and it's V-Ray is our main rendering engine. Uh, we mm -hmm. have a long ex we have a long experience of work with V-Ray, and uh, when the goal is to look for something as realistic as possible uh, for us. It's, the best rendering engine we know. Luis, I, I kind of have a question for you. So the content that you get from uh, DI4D and uh, the service that you're providing, um, is it how is it used? Is it, is it only used for like film CGI mostly, or do you have examples of it being used and maybe adapted to like real-time graphics and you know AAA games or something? Um. I think a lot of the kind of film work that we do is, you know, perhaps for CGI face replacements where um, mm -hmm. a, a, an actor or actress is, you know, going to have to sit in front of our pro system and recreate something that their stunt double has perhaps performed um, earlier in the production. And the, the production company or the, the visual effects house that we work with will take that performance and you know, do, do a face replacement using the animation that we provide. Um, recently, we worked on the Formula One um, rivals in-game cinematics with Realtime UK. Um, for that project, they actually rendered everything um, inside Unreal Engine. However, it wasn't it wasn't real time; it was pre-rendered. Um, mm -hmm. But in the sort of build-up to that, we did do various tests with the data that we provided them with and. Um, we were sort of able to confirm that the, the animation that we delivered for that project would have been um, able to run in real time. Um, I think for the, the farming simulator project, 
we delivered vertex gashes. So um, those were in alembic format. Um, they contained the, the vertex positions for every single frame of the performance and mm -hmm. for the, the character's face and also their eyeballs. And more recently, we've, we've kind of developed a, a jaw solver too, so we're able to provide teeth. Um, I suppose alembic gashes are maybe a little bit too heavy to, to run in real time. Um, the file sizes are typically quite big and you know there's a lot of information in there so um, some applications will you know require that you know we deliver those alembic caches but the client might compress them using uh, you know a constrained rig you, they'll, they'll take that animation and, and drive a rig with it um, and that yeah but I, I guess yeah I guess that kind of kills the whole um the whole purpose of having this like very high level uh, capture that you can use, um, you know how well the rigs model to the to the likeness of the mm -hmm. actor actress. Um, you know, for this project, as Stefan mentioned, they they had scans of both of the casts, so there's no ambiguity there for us about how that face should look. You know, the volume of the head, the volume of the, the actual face itself, and um, you know that allows us to sort of I guess sanity check ourselves somewhere delivering the animation. When you've got a rig that maybe an artist has um, sculpted and, and tweaked to maybe match some kind of artistic direction. Um, so I, I kind of have a question for you guys. So from uh, like from the perspective of a smaller company who's coming, um, kind of looking at the animation solutions out there, um, do, do you think DI4D's uh, product is something that's kind of like for everyone or is it more like for very niche uh, situations where you kind of need to, you know, have a lot of uh, information in your scans and have a lot of capture information and that kind of stuff. So if you're like a mid-tier studio and you're doing your, you know, whatever horror game or something that you want to release or you're doing your online product and you want to create like a nice cinematic for you, would you kind of recommend using this uh, solution or maybe try something different? Because I I know that a budget in <clears throat> a lot of cases is a big concern. So it would be nice to know, like, where does your product kind of stand in that direction as well? We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now yeah i mean i, I wouldn't say our products for like the kind of consumer it's not for like a hobbyist or anything like that um you know we're definitely more geared towards the, the higher end stuff um, bigger productions and and I mean I guess for us it's all about trying to create the, the most believable and accurate facial animation that we can so you know if that's in the brief 
then you know we'll, we'll obviously do our best to try and help out and, and accommodate that. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure how how be, be- yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I guess you, you kind of answered, yes, yeah, so that's, that's fine. So overall, um... Uh, which is, I am, I think it's maybe 15 years of working in the industry. If I come back 15 years back, I can't even think that a company like Capsule Studio, because actually, I think maybe about 20 people work on the project, so it's not like we are a huge animation studio and mm-hmm. 20 people not even at the same time during the whole production but at different time uh, I can't imagine 15 years back that a small studio like us will be able to access this kind of technology and result it's the kind of stuff you could imagine to I mean huge studio with uh, the money from feature film but uh, even if obviously DI4D is not service for obist uh i feel like the technology to reach this kind of realism is now more and more accessible so yeah i think you're right yeah. it's definitely i feel like technology is kind of catching up with where we are as as a company um it's it's becoming easier to do that sort of i guess realism and and um, type of project without, you know, being massively computationally expensive. And, you know, we, we obviously try and do as much as we can to be as efficient as possible and, and therefore, you know, allow for for that to make its way to, to companies, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I also like the, uh, like you mentioned that it's uh, it was a very short time. It was like five months. So it wasn't like you had like a, a couple of years to go <laughs> over every detail and so on. So I guess having that solution and being able to get all the data possible in a very short amount of time, very accurately, is super important. And that's why I was saying like, uh, maybe mid-tier companies would be interested in using it because although I understand that it's maybe not for like a one, two uh, people team, but if you're like, if you're 20 people, if you're 30 people, if, even if you're 50 people, very often you don't have the resources to go and like, you know, do your own motion capture studio or do like very heavy stuff at home. So that's when services like that uh, can really come in handy and kind of help you elevate the product and make more sales uh, at the end. So to kind of wrap up, how did you feel about this partnership? Like what were like the main things uh, that were done right? And uh, how did it help you overall like to achieve the results that you wanted? Uh, well, on, on on my side, I mean, uh, yeah, it's ba- basically Stefan. It's a question for you mostly. I mean, you you know when you work uh, so hard and uh, on a project, uh, it's 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 difficult to be fully satisfied. I mean, there is always something to improve, and it's just that you need to stop because of some reason. <laughs> Uh, but to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm quite amazed by the result of the work uh, of our team and, and from the team of uh, DI4D. Um, we, we felt they were a, a good choice and, and we were right on this one. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that if we followed a different option about the facial animation, which would be to create a very complex uh, facial rig with uh, 
hundreds of different plane ships. Uh, I think the result uh, would have been more expensive and probably less accurate. So, on our side, we are we are fully happy with uh, with our partnership with the I4D and 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 the result we got uh, on the character performance and and all they are looking in CGI. Yeah, I think that feels mutual. Um, I mean, we'd obviously seen a bunch of the work that Capsule had done prior to working on this project with them. And, you know, when we when we got the call to work on Farming Simulator, it was obviously pretty exciting for everybody. Um, the, the brief for the, the project was like, it was totally up our street. It was digital doubles, which is what we're always kind of pushing people to do. Um, it was, you know, capturing the performance that the, actor, the actors and actresses delivered, which is, again, something that we're really you know, trying to trying to push for um, companies that we work with to do. I kind of have to ask you with the announcements from like Facebook and all those other companies doing, you know, NVIDIA and so on about the metaverse and all that stuff. Do you feel like the demand for digital doubles is going to increase? Do you feel like uh, we're all going to start walking around with cameras? Uh, under our eyes so they can capture every wrinkle or, or stuff or how do you like I'm, I'm joking obviously but do you, how do you think it's going to develop in the future do you think we're going to see more of these capture solutions do you think they're gonna you know um, ev evolve into something smaller and so on <laughs> on my side to be honest when we are talking about metaverse I'm still not sure about what we are talking about but <laughs> it means a lot, a lot of things. For uh, I, I'm not sure I have the right definition, but what is sure is that more and more stuff are becoming as much important in the digital space than in the physical space. So it applies to video games, it applies to work, it applies to many, many, many stuff. So I feel that everything involved in the digital creation are going to take more and more importance in the future and it involves also our work and the work of the di4d and every digital artist actually um so yes i i don't see a future where it's becoming less important at least and um uh, and in any cases, in in our position of creating a short film um, what is really awesome with the fact to capture, uh, having the, the solutions to capture real human's performance is you are changing a bit your work philosophy because you are, um, during the production process, escaping for being behind a computer screen and you have to deal with uh, real people. You have to brief them about your intentions and uh, it's something much more spontaneous and organic and yeah. it really brings value to what you are going to do. At least if your project objective is to be realistic, which is not the case of everyone. So it doesn't always apply, but but for us in this uh, situation, it was the case. Yeah, for sure, you kind of have to shoot it as though it's a movie as well. It's, it's all about capturing the actual performance instead of you know getting halfway there and being able to Fix it in post, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you guys tell us, like, when do you think we'll see this line between the digital double and uh, a real person in films? 
completely blurred. When do you think we won't be able to see how the animation between, you know, being captured on camera and being captured in, within digital tools when we are not going to see any difference? I think it's a game. There is a bit of time before, you know, the, um, you are completely lost between what is real and what is not, obviously. Mm -hmm. But what, what is sure is that the fact that the technology is much more accessible for everybody and everybody can reach a better result uh, than before. Uh, it's also an, an opportunity to be a bit more creative. So if you know that you have a game or a project where you need to have uh, digital double with realism, it's not so much a pain in the ass than 10 years ago. So you can also focus on, on other stuff that will make the difference. That's what is cool, and I think that's what is cool for every artist. I mean, as much as uh, the tools are getting less complicated on the technical side, but there's still a lot of complications, but still it's less complicated. Uh, it, it's bringing much more people into this work, and it brings also much more idea because there is a kind of barrier of technology and complication that is fading uh, little by little. So I think it's cool for that. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for your time. Um, we'll add all the links in the description so people can check out and be sure to check out the trailer itself because it's pretty awesome. It's like Super Bowl kind of thing. <laughs> so we really enjoy it. Thank you so much. Thank you for your comments. The behind the scene also, I think, on YouTube. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, so if you were a bit more... You will see my face again a bit, but uh, there is nice behind the scene uh, about each part of the creation. So, Awesome, awesome. We'll definitely add that as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you very Bye much. Bye, guys. Bye, Lewis. Bye-bye. Okay, yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80 Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80 Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv slash RFP. And share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.